0: Welcome to the Reality Check Podcast, I'm Zachary Phillips. In today's episode, I want to talk to you about making invisible illness visible. So the term invisible illness is thrown around a lot in the mental health community, but I think the wider community doesn't really understand it or sort of sees it, but isn't quite clear as to the implications of the term. So just to fill everyone in, the idea of an invisible illness is something that to the external person, you can't see it. It's often referred to in terms of mental illness, but also chronic illnesses as well. So, let's say you're looking at someone, and that person, for example me, suffers from anxiety, depression, some sort of PTSD, or some other mental affliction. Their illness is invisible. If you look at them, they look fine. You know, it's, it's hard to see a mental illness on someone. If you compare this to a physical illness, for example a broken leg... You can see the damage, you can see the crutches that they need, you can see the fact that they're going to struggle with certain tasks. Now, the reason that invisible illness is talked about a lot is that it's hard to empathize with someone when you can't see or directly understand the issue that they're having. Everybody has experienced pain in their lives. Most of us have broken a bone. Most of us have been sort of debilitated by a physical illness or sickness at some stage. So therefore, if we see someone suffering with a similar condition, we remember our past and go, oh, okay, I guess I can relate to that. And I can see that they'll have certain issues and needs and wants that I need to accommodate for. But unfortunately, with mental illness, well, I suppose, fortunately, not everyone suffers from them. But what that does for for the empathy side of things is that because everyone isn't suffering from them because people don't, you know, because not everyone has suffered from them, it's hard to look at someone and empathize with their situation. If you're looking at me and I'm like, hey, I've got issues with anxiety and depression, but I look fine and I seem to be acting fine. And you yourself haven't really experienced anxiety or depression to a debilitating level. You might look at me and go, yeah, but you seem fine. The illness is invisible. Now, this isn't to say that, you know, people don't go through a range of emotions and that sort of stuff, and they aren't capable of empathizing with someone with a mental illness. But I would wager that until you go through it, it's hard to really understand the depths of suffering and impact that it can have upon your life. We've all been sad, we've all been nervous, we've all you know, had had issues at some stage. But to go from that to a mental illness is a massive step. If you're being impacted by a mental illness, it's actually, you know, impacting your functioning. So you might be anxious before presenting a work presentation or a school presentation or before a competition or before you go on a date. But did it stop you from leaving the house? You might feel sad some days. You might feel you know you might feel down, but were you able to eat and feed yourself? You know there there's different levels and different sort of extremities with mental illness. So although it might feel like th- there might be an issue of empathy with this one. Now, the reason i'm I'm sort of talking about this is that I think by talking about our mental health and mental illness experiences, we can help to sort of start making invisible illness visible. It's only by sharing our stories that we really get to to show people what it's like to be us. I can say to you, oh, hey, you know, I'm, I've got anxiety or depression. But unless I go into depth about it, unless I explain what that's actually like, when I say I've got anxiety or depression, you're not really imagining what I'm what's happening to me. You're putting your own experience of anxiety and depression and overlaying that on my experience. And therefore, you may be judging me for what I can and can't do, not based on my own issues with anxiety or depression, but on your experience of anxiety and depression. And this is important because, you know, if I had your level of suffering, maybe I would be able to function more. Maybe not. So if I talk to you and share my experiences, and if I'll link you down the bottom of the show notes to a couple of podcast episodes that I recorded during a bout of anxiety, depression, and grief. And you'll be able to hear it in my voice, the, the the difference in tone and inflections and pace and the words that I'm using. It's it's a clear distinction and a clear difference. And I talk to you in the moment of going through those sort of sufferings. And that's obviously my only my experience. But the reason I share it with you, and I'm going to share it with you again by linking it, is that it will help you to uncover the invisible nature of the illness and sort of check into and connect. Another way that you can really you know make invisible illness visible is by reading people's stories and a lot of you already have submitted some but if you haven't check out the share your story project that i've got up on my website and once again i'll link i'll link it down below but a bunch of people are sharing their stories from a variety of different aspects of life i've had a few recently from the tbi community and that's traumatic brain injury and reading their stories is really sort of gets you behind the veil and shows you what they're experiencing, what they can and can't do, the discrimination they're facing. And for me, at least, reading their stories has really helped to make their invisible suffering more visible. To the external perspective, they look fine. But after suffering a traumatic brain injury, their functionality changes and makes certain tasks quite a lot more challenging. But unless, you know, until I read about their stories, I had sort of like a cliched view of what their experience must be like. And I can only imagine that my opinions and views of a lot of different things are cliched. So, you know, personally, I'm on a bit of a crusade to sort of educate myself and read more about different people's varied experiences to help me to grow my empathetic understanding when someone shares that they're suffering or they've got certain issues in their life. I could go, okay, well, I haven't experienced that, But I've read and I've listened to a bunch of stories and I'm listening to the person now so I can really sort of see and feel what that person's going through. And I suppose by extension, by having the Share Your Story project and by sharing those stories with the rest of the world, I'm hoping to help other people to develop that same empathetic connection. Some people, my wife, for example, naturally are way more empathetic and they sort of get into the heads of other people a lot better. Some people can't. But regardless, the more you listen to and read about other people's stories, the more you'll understand their perspectives. And on the contrary side of that, the more you share your story, the more you talk about your own issues, the more other people will understand you. I see a lot of people online talking about the stigma around mental health and, you know, all of that sort of related stuff. I'm one of those people. I think that the stigma around mental illness is is quite detrimental and quite prevalent. But rather than just complaining about it, because let's let's say I just go online and I complain to my community, I'm like, "Hey, you know, stigma for mental health sucks." They like and share and talk and agree about it. But unless the discussion goes beyond that mental health community, it's it's sort of just me talking to an echo chamber. You know, I can say, "Hey, how bad is it that?" you know, people are judging me for my anxiety and people will agree and go, yeah, I get judged for that too. But we're really not doing anything to make a change about that other than confirming our own views upon the topic. What I think is a better approach, and obviously obviously talking about it in the community and sharing the annoyance and the frustration of the stigma is a form of, you know, talking therapy that really will help people to sort of Understand what's happening and what's why why other people are judging them, but it won't help to change the situation. I believe that if people know and if they sort of have had some experience of the mental illness or the invisible illness, they will better understand it. And the only way they can, we can give them that experience is by sharing our stories actively. So, if if you're in this situation and you've got an invisible illness, and you're frustrated by the stigma, I would suggest that you start sharing a story and talking about it. If you want, you can contribute a story to the Share Your Story project. But beyond that, talk to people in real life rather than just sort of, if someone asks how you're going, oh, I'm tired and making those sort of excuses to just not talk about it, start sharing your story. Start sharing what you're feeling and why you're feeling it. Storytell. Don't just say, oh, I'm anxious. Explain what that anxiety is actually doing to you. You know, I've got a tight chest. I'm feeling a bit irrational. There's, there's rumination also going through my mind. Whatever it is for you. Now, I'll say that with the caveat of protect your mental state. Now, if sharing a story and that sort of stuff at the time is too traumatic, fine, don't do it. If you can't share it, if you can't, if you don't feel like being able to share your story with anyone because it will impact you detrimentally, obviously don't. Keep it to yourself. But if there comes a time or an opportunity in which sharing a story does, does present itself and you are in a place that you can talk about it, please do so. The benefits to the person listening will be lifelong because they will you will give given them a little bit of an insight into potentially a world that they don't have experience with. And from there, the next time they interact with someone else with a similar condition, they'll be like, oh, I can sort of see where this person is coming from because of their discussion with you that will in turn help that person to know that they've got support and that the community and society as a whole is starting to shift and change to be more accepting of invisible illness. I think the best way, the best thing that you can do to help turn invisible illness visible is by sharing your story. If sharing your own story is a bit too tough for you or a bit too personal, that's completely understandable. Find stories, find podcasts, find blog posts, that are sharing things that are similar or presenting that image and start sharing those. Now, when I say sharing, this means a bunch of things. It could be posting on social media so that everyone can see it, but obviously that comes with its own connotations. So you might feel a bit nervous about that. It could also mean direct messaging online. So it's talking to one person, one-on-one in which the general public or your general sort of friend group online won't see, or it could be literally you know, texting or talking to someone in person about it. And if, yeah, like I said, if you're not willing to share your own stuff, that's completely fine, but start sharing and talking about it and get the conversation going. And that way we can all help to reduce the stigma and make invisible illnesses visible. Thanks. If you like this podcast and you like what I'm doing, please do me a massive favor and review it. Wherever you're listening to it, just check that review button, give it, give it a good, good review, type some comments and share it with people that you think it would help. You can also connect with me on social media at Zach P Phillips on Instagram, Pinterest, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Please connect with me, send me a message. I'm happy to chat and talk about this topic or any other topic that you might like to talk about. Thanks.